Hey, everybody. This is Mark in San Francisco. And this is Gordon in Boston. And this is Build Face. So what's the weather like there in Boston right now? Are you still uh, trapped in the polar vortex? <laughs> no. <laughs> no, but now all I can think of is that stupid oatmeal. <laughs> the, the, you saw the oatmeal cartoon. It was like a single panel thing, polar vortex, and it was like a, it was like a, uh, like a whirlpool of polar bears. <laughs> <laughs> no, I didn't see it, but I can picture it. That's the only thing. I could, that's the only thing. I, that every time anyone says polar vo- vortex, that's the only thing that pops in my. Um, no, it's uh, it's not that bad. Forties, mm. um, warmed up. Most of the snow is gone, so that's good. It's gonna be seventy-five freaking de- degrees here today. That's awesome. I wish no, it was... it's re- no, it's it's ridiculous. They're Why? they're declaring like a state of emergency for an awesome, drought. An awesome weather emergency. No, 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 no. Drought in the state of California today. It's bad. We really need rain. How the hell? <laughs> I don't know. Glo- <laughs> it has to weirding. be. It has to be above a hundred for like days and days in Texas before we get a drought. You guys get seventy-five degrees. Where does your day. water? Where does your water come from in, in Texas? Aquifer. But aquifer. It, where does it start? The sky. <laughs> I don't know how to answer this question. I'm saying you don't get enough rainfall to, to like have enough water for Texas, so it, it's coming from somewhere. Like the northern part of the country. Oh, oh, all right. All <laughs> of ours no comes from the Sierra Nevadas, and okay. it's we've had like no snow in the last two years, so there's no runoff. There's no water. Yeah, we don't. We definitely don't get it from from snow. Um, I think it is just from rainfalls. I think it's I think it's just from rainfall, and gets stored up in aquifers, and then. Hmm. So Texas really is self sufficient. It could just be its own country. Has been. Didn't work out well the first time. But. Oh, right. Yeah. <laughs> and then Rick Perry tried it again in 2010. Yeah. Yeah. That didn't fly either. Also didn't go well. Yeah. <laughs> we'll keep trying. <laughs> if there's one thing you can count on Texas for, it's trying to secede from the United States. <laughs> there was like this, like when I moved up here... <laughs> For like the first few weeks, seeing Texas from like an outside point of view, just kind of like head in my hand, just going like, come on, guys, what are you doing? <laughs> You're making us look like idiots. <laughs> so you, you don't realize this while you're in Texas? Is that because like the news and the media? Is uh, I don't know. It, it's totally possible that I just wasn't paying attention to it mm-hmm. when I was there. You know what I mean? Yeah. Um, I got a bone to pick with you about page view controllers. Oh yeah, I like them, but they're kind of weird and kind of kind of limited. Um, I mean, uh, so I wanted to use um, after after we talked about page view controllers last time. Um, I had to do a image carousel this week, so like a looping image carousel, and I was immediately like, "Oh, this is perfect! I'll use UI page view controller. It'll take you know." a dozen lines and I'll have a sweet looping image carousel and it totally worked. And it was actually that easy um, until I wanted to add the little page, the UI page control to it. Uh, so like the problem is that the nice thing about UI page view controller is that 
just by implementing those two methods, um, page index and presentation count for page view controller and presentation index for page view controller. So if you just implement those two methods, it automatically adds a page uh, UI page control and that's it. And you get all the, the interactions for free. You get, so like the UI page control, if you tap to the left or the right, it'll increment or de- uh, decrement, decrement. I never yeah. said that word out loud. That may, is that even a word? Yeah. Yeah. That's okay. right. Okay. Uh, but it'll, you know, it'll change the page. And then if you tap the buttons, it'll jump to the specific page and all that comes for free. And that's awesome. But when you do that, it actually screws with the frame of the view controllers that are being presented inside UI page view controller. So it shortens them by, I think like 40 or 38 points. It's not even like it's a standard size. It's like, it's like, I think it's like 38 points for the page control. So it, it, it puts the page control at the bottom of the page view controller and then shortens your presented view controller by 38 points. That's ugly. And there's no way to get around that at all. There's, uh, I mean, I looked, if you know a way to get around this, like with the default page view controller, let me know. I'd die to freaking hear this because the only way I could figure out how to get around it is by implementing my own page controller. Uh, and it was just, it immediately turned this kind of nice, well, you know, nice little self-contained thing into this ugly hack where I had to pass the, you know, create a page control and then pass it into the data source so that the data source could increment or decrement the page control current index crap. And then it's super easy to break because there's no, um, the UI page controller delegate has a will transition to view controllers. First of all, it's will con- transition to view controllers, uh, and it passes you back a, a freaking array of the view controllers uh, that it, like multiple, that it transitioned to. There's only one. It transitions to one. So you get handed back, at least in this case, you always get handed back an array containing one view controller that's the view controller that it's about to transition to. So, so that's a, that's a legacy thing because the page view controller originally didn't have the scrolling and it was more like the iBooks and when iBooks mm. style, you can have two view controllers up, like Got you're it. doing like the two sided thing. Got so it. that's why that's like that. Okay. And so that makes sense. in iOS five, it made a lot of sense if you wanted to do specifically like that book style of paging. Mm-hmm. And then in iOS six, they added the scrolling. That's more like, uh, you know, springboard. Mm-hmm. And so. I think the API is not was not flexible enough to begin with, and they kind of shoehorn that in, and it's easy to use but not flexible. It's too far towards easy to use and not extendable. Yeah, in any good way. So no, there is no good way to put that page control on top of your view controllers. I ended up having to roll my own. Yeah, so you did the same thing <clears throat> that I did. Um, I mean, maybe not an implementation, but you had to roll your own page control and then do you hook it up to the delegate protocols? Uh, no, I didn't. I don't. How did I do that? So I subclassed UI page view controller. Yeah, I did too. And then that has its own delegate that is like, uh, 
I'm looking at it here. It's photos page view controller did dis- did display photo at index. I see. And okay. so then every time that's called, I just change the page control. Uh, the other and thing how is, is that, that how is that getting called? How are you calling that? So oh okay, let's see. You see what I mean? So yeah. my my problem just to finish what I was saying before my my other problem here is that this there's only a will transition to view controllers. There's no did transition to view controllers. So there's a did finish animating, and it hands you the previous view controllers. Mm-hmm. But yes. There's, but there's no, like, did did transition to view controllers. So it's super easy to break my page control by, like, starting to transition to the next thing and then just letting go. And so the page control will increment, but you don't actually get to the next page. Okay. Um, so the way I got around that is that I did implement did finish animating previous view controllers transition completed and the completed bit is the important part there. So if the completed part is yes, that means that we actually changed pages. If you kind of like scroll it over and then let go, that completed bit will be no. So if completed is yes, then I call over to, let's see, notify page photos delegate of page change. And then... I'm also keeping track of like a page index internally mm-hmm. in the subclass because okay. all of all of my individual view controllers, I taught them to know what page index they are. So when they get added in, I give I tell them what they are, and then they report back to me what their page index is, and then that lets me turn around and report that back out via a delegate and say, "Here's the photo we're looking at now, and here's the page you're on." Hmm. Yeah, but it, it's important that only happens if completed is yes. Yeah, 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 yeah. Because that's the problem I'm running into now. It's just frustrating because all of this <laughs> that we're talking about could be solved by them just giving me a Boolean to say, don't screw with the frames, <laughs> right? Like, that's... That's like I open I open radars on all this stuff, but my my main point in the radar was like, so I opened a radar specifically for, um, for allowing us to do this kind of thing. But the the way I presented it is like, all you need to do is not mess with the frame. If you just don't mess with the with with the frame of the presenting view controller, if you just don't do extra work, then it should work. It should be fine. If you mm-hmm. if you just let the frame be what the frame is, you know, I, I won't have we I wouldn't have to do any of this stuff. I wouldn't have to do any of this, you know, creating my own delegates or or uh, you know, rigging up my own page view control or page controls. You know, were were you able to figure out when your page view controllers get resized? Is it like on every scroll? It, it must be right because it, yeah. you only create them right before you begin a drag. Yeah, like so it's yeah, it's 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 doing it. Yeah, it's resizing it before it animates every scroll. D- does that mean that if you tried to resize the view in wheel transition, it's too late? Yes. Or, uh, yes. Too early. I mean, no. It, too like, late. Like it's gonna. Too late. So it's already been resized, and then will transition is called. So yeah. Yeah. So couldn't you force it to, like, force that view controller's frame to just be the f- your frame? At will transition? Yeah. Then you would see the frame pop larger. 
Because by the time Will transitions called, um, you're potentially already on the on the thing. Yeah, I'm thinking that you could possibly override view will layout subviews in the page view controller subclass. Don't call super and take, you know, whatever view controllers you have right now and force their frames to be the same as like your bounds. Yeah. But that's a hack, right? It's a hack. Like and and that's and, yeah, and and that's and, and that's kind of my whole point here is like I think this is a totally valid thing to ask from the framework because we're not asking for them to do more. And it's obviously it's totally possible that I'm completely misunderstanding the implementation details of what's actually going on here. Right. But from my perception, what it looks like is that if I don't implement those two delegate methods, those two data source methods that automatically create the page view controller, the frame is correct. Right. So they're able to get the correct frame. Something about creating that, that, um, something about, something about when you create the page view, the page controller, which also, this is not their best (laughs) naming (laughs) ever, right? Like you have a page view controller and then a page control. gets very confusing to me. Mm. You don't think so? Um... I no. constantly, I, I, I mean, I, I know what, I know the difference in there, but every, every time I'm talking about it, like I keep catching myself saying page controller instead of page control. Yeah. Anyway. Yeah, I guess. The, yeah. So for my, for my perception, it, it looks like when they create the page control, they're also setting something up so that they're tweaking the frame at some point in the, in the transition process. Right. So just don't do that. You know what I mean? Set up the page control and just don't don't mess with the frame. Yeah. And it should be fine. I'm guessing all they're doing is um is changing their internal scroll view mm-hmm. size and just making it a that's little exactly, shorter. That's exactly what they're doing. I, yeah. yeah, I I I I looked I looked at all this, right? So this that's exactly what they're doing. They're changing the. It's not that they're changing my view controller size. They're changing the UI queuing scroll queuing view. scroll view size, right? Mm-hmm. But again, it's being resized constantly, like during every transition. So even if you fix it, I'm pretty sure I could be totally wrong here, but I've seen it flip. Like I've tried forcing it to be larger, and then when I transition, it I've it jumps down to being smaller. Um. So I, I think they're they're changing the size, they're changing the frame on every transition. So like all I'm asking is to not do that resize. You right. Know? Right. Because Apple doesn't do that anywhere where they use a page control. It's always overlaid on top of the pages themselves, the it's, content. It seems like a very common use case for this specific thing. And the the rest of it is set up so nicely for this. You know what I mean? Like, um, like I showed you my like initial run at this, right? So basically, I have like a little factory method that creates, takes images, and hand, vends essentially anonymous view controllers with a with an image view as the view, right? The main view, and so then those just get dropped into the. Um, data source 
and then it just kind of works right yeah. the only other weird point it, with with it is having to set the initial view controller which also kind of sucks like it would be better if the the de- the data source could just say you know vend the item at index 0 yeah, yeah instead of setting an initial it just needs like a reload data equivalent yeah to kind of just kick off yeah, um, calling something. the data source yeah. and filling yeah, yeah, it in. Yeah, exactly. Um, it's just frustrating because it's so close to being a really, really, really nice API that is really, really good at doing this one thing that, like, I've hacked this together, you know what I mean, with scroll views. And, like, I've hacked this kind of thing together before, and it's kind of a pain in the ass. And being able to use this class... And this kind of, you know, and the delegates and data sources to do it is really nice, except that these weird limitations just kind of, they're like little needles, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm guessing they were just trying to um, save you from, like, shooting yourself in the foot, I guess, and having page controls over light content that you wouldn't be able to see. The other yeah. thing is, is it, doesn't yeah. UI page control have some, like, uh, I, I mean, UI page control has a tint color. They but have a, they have a few, but you can't get to the page control from inside the page controller, right? Which is weird. Yeah, so weird. I mean, at least at least vend it as like a read only, right? Or something. Yeah, yeah. You can use UI appearance to tweak that, right? You know. Mm-hmm. And so what, you could what, even you could even you know what you could do is since you're saying you're subclassing it, you could use that. Um, there's a UI appearance. Thing that I never use uh, appearance UI appearance. Talking about uh, appearance when contained in. Yes. So you, if you're subclassing UI page view controller, you could then do um, appearance when contained in my custom page view controller, right? So you could actually tint, change all that stuff for UI page control just when it's inside your thing, and that would save you, you know. But, right. But still, you know. It still feels weird that that specifically isn't like the essentially the stuff around the page controller or the page control. See, I did it again. Essentially, yeah. the the stuff about uh, the stuff around the page control feels weird because they didn't give us access to the stuff that it feels like they Apple would normally give access to, right? Even and in I, a read only capacity. Yeah, I I have a feeling that it's. They made it for this very specific case in iOS 5, and then they moved to iOS 6, and they thought, okay, it's close enough to be like a paging scroll view too, so let's throw that functionality in there. But then to retain backwards compatibility, their hands were kind of tied. But if you're, if you're – and I get that. But if you're adding API, right, you're, if, you're, if you're just making something – backwards compatibility is important if you're like changing the behavior of an existing – method right so like that's i totally totally understand the will transition to page view can pay or to view controllers and passing back an array got it that makes sense now leave that the way it is i don't care i'm just i'll just pull the first object out (laughs) it's not a huge it's not a huge deal to me um i mean that it's not pretty but you know that's it is what it is um so i totally get not changing the behavior of that but like not opening up the page control, right? You're literally just adding it to the public interface 
as a read-only property. That won't break backwards compatibility. Okay, fair enough. You know, or yeah. adding a or adding a did transition to view controllers. You know, keep the API yeah. the same. Return right. return an array of 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 you know view controllers. I don't care. Like I said, I'll pull the I'll just pull the first object out. But give me a give me a built in notification. You know, we we have these already. Like this is it's not it's not like this is kind of a crazy weird pattern. You know, view did load. View will appear. View did appear. You know, view will appear is is exactly like will transition to view controllers. View will appear is not guaranteed to mean that you're not it's not guaranteed that the view is actually going to appear it's just saying like hey the view's probably going to appear right now you may want to do some setup stuff you know view did appear is when it's like this view is actually here now 100 percent. the view is the views of uh in you know on screen you should do whatever right yeah yeah so i don't know it's it uh like i'll link to the radars that i filed there were actually filed three radars this week. I was very proud of myself. Good job. I don't remember what they were. Two, I think, were on UI page view controller, and the other one is on UI image and the template stuff. Um, the you know, so in 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 iOS seven, you can have uh, UI images have a render mode and you can set the the render mode by default is ui render mode automatic something i don't know i'm probably truncating mm-hmm. that a bit but whatever there's like automatic always original and always template and what those mean is like i don't know actually where automatic how automatic works um if i had to guess i feel like it's probably if it's just a straight black and white image it'll use it as a template and if it's got color to it it'll use it as a original but i could be totally reading into that it's something like that and they discussed that in in one of the wwdc sessions about appearance and i think it might be if your image has alpha and one solid color like like everything that's not transparent is one solid color it will defer to the template mode which means that it will get tinted with your tint color, whatever that happens to be cascading down from its super view. And in most cases, that's going to be the window. Right. So I wanted to be able to, like I had to create a custom view for a custom bar button item. And I wanted to be able to tint that image that I was using inside that custom view. So I had like a view and then an image view inside there and then like a label also. Um, and it wasn't it wasn't using that image as a template. It was only using it as the original. So the tint color was having no effect. The tint color that I was setting on, um, on the UI image view ex- itself. So I, I opened a radar... So and then the the big problem for me was that uh, it's not a big problem, but the the issue for me was that there's no way to set that property through Xcode. 
right? Like you have to do it in code. You can't do it anywhere. It would be much better if inside, inside the, um, so, so you have to do it in code and so I'm assigning the image in interface builder and then I have to set the render mode in code, but render mode is read only. So in order to change the render mode of an image, you have to create a copy of the image with a specific render mode. So there's a instance method image with render mode. So it copies it and changes the render mode and then hands you back a new image. So that just means that I have to get the image out of the image view, copy it, changing its render mode, and then reset it back on that image view. And that's kind of a pain in the ass, you know? It would be, be like it would be so much better if in in interface builder for any image view you could just say like make you know you've got to instantiate this image anyway make it a you know set the mode to to template force force it to be a template you know or See, in, yeah or or even in or even in the image assets you know like in the image asset catalog. I could also see it there. You know what I mean? We're like, this is this is a template image. I don't care what you think it is. This is a template image. I, I think that's where we would have to go because yeah. just to play devil's advocate, it's not a property on UI image view. No, no, right. And so right. Interface Builder never lets you configure things that are sort of in like the model domain. Right. But but yes, I, I could see that going in the asset catalog. Right. I Yeah, I, I proposed sense. both in the, in the thing. It's not that I care which it is, just... If it's a, it should have been available somewhere outside of code where I had to do this kind of annoying, you know, get the image, copy the image, reassign the image thing. You know? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah, it was those three. So I opened one for adding a Boolean property to disable the resizing of UI page view controller subviews. Add UI page view controller delegate page view controller did transition to view controllers. And add the ability to set the render mode for UI image from IB or image assets. Those are the three mm. that I opened. Cool. Thanks for doing that, man. Yeah. <laughs> Giving back. I also opened one a while ago. Now that I'm in this, I also opened up one a while ago um, that the right and left bar button items properties on um, on UI navigation item. So self.navigationitem.writeBarButtonItems. Right, if there aren't any button items, those two right but right bar button items and left bar button items return in, return nil if there aren't any button items. Not an empty array. I really feel like it should return an empty array. Give me an, give me give me an example of when you would like to have an empty array. So I was I I had a I had a method that I wanted to dynamically add add a bar button item to view controllers, right? But I didn't want to necessarily say this is always going to be the only bar button item. So I had like a cat essentially a category method on UI view controller that was like add uh add menu button, right? So maybe it's a maybe we're talking left left bar button items and it's and it's gonna add the little basement menu, hamburger menu button thing, right? But I don't want to say that that's always gonna be the only button on the left, right? Maybe I have a design that has two buttons on the left, but I want to be able to dynamically add that in multiple places. So I move that code out into a category. 
And the way the category would work is get the right bar button items, create a mutable copy, right? And then add this button to it and then reset the bar button items. So you're, you're appending a new bar button item instead of, instead of, um, instead of overriding the existing bar button items. But since it doesn't return an empty array, since it returns nil, you have to get the get the bar button items, check to see if they're nil. If they're nil, return a new mutable array. If they aren't nil, return a mutable copy of the existing array. And then keep going. Okay. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. Well, here's a question. If, if you set a left bar button item, singular, mm-hmm. and then query the left bar button items property, do you get an array with that item in it? I'm fairly sure that you do. Okay. I could be totally wrong. Yeah. Yeah, because the first item in left bar button items is left bar button item. So if you have multiple, so they're definitely connected. If you have multiple bar button items, you call left bar button item. It'll give you ob- the object in index zero from that, okay. from left bar button items. So I'm assuming that by setting left setting um, left bar button item, what it's actually doing is setting the left bar button items uh, to a, an array consisting of one element. Mm-hmm. In iOS 5 and later, the contents of this property, left bar button item, always refer to the first bar button item in left bar button items array. Assigning a new value to this property replaces the first item in the in the array with the new value. Yeah, so left bar button item and right bar button item, they only... So it actually doesn't... If you set... If you have, say, three bar button items and you set left bar button item, it just changes the first one. It just changes the item and object zero. Object at index zero. But, so, and then if you set it to nil, it'll remove it from the array. And if you, if the bar button is at, say, index three, and you set it, so it's already in the array, and now you set it as left bar button item, it just moves it to the front. This is a very weird. Yeah, that's, that's wacky. <laughs> It's really, really weird. Hmm. There's no iOS Dev Weekly yet, and I'm really disappointed because I usually use that as a crutch when I'm trying <laughs> to remember things to talk about. And today, this week's has not been published, but I found a new good alternative. What's that? Have you have you seen iOS goodies? Yeah, um, I've seen it pop up on. Um... Yeah, I've been I've been reading this. It's almost better. I really enjoy it. So it's iOS-goodies.tumblr.com mm. by uh, Rui Perez. I hope I didn't butcher that name. Do you follow Mark Edwards from the Pajango Mm-mm. on the Twitter? So he was talking earlier in the week about uh, workarounds to get your sort of like app preview to update in the background. So, you know, you, you go to the new multitasking menu view in iOS 7 and you see a preview of your app and the Apple apps will uh, update. Mm-hmm. So if you have like a timer going and you open up clock in there, you can see it counting down, but there's no pub- or good public API to do that. But there's an article by Adam Bell where he talks about abusing background tasks 
to basically run every second, end themselves, and then create a new background task. And it keeps the app alive in the background. And it keeps updating his app's view so that it will constantly update in the switcher. That sounds horrible. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> that I, sounds I'm, horrible. I, I'm not sure there's actually any app in the store that's doing this or if it would get past um, the review process. But it's interesting. And I always love ha- weird seeing hacky. people like hack, hack around things like that. Yeah. That sounds like something you would want to do if you just really hate your customers' batteries. Maybe. (laughs) (laughs) I mean, it's an interesting end result, but I can't imagine, like, I can't imagine wanting to do that. Yeah, it seems like a lot of work just to... For this little thing that most people are not going to notice. Well, and and I, I think it goes beyond people not noticing it. It feels selfish to me. Like it feel you know, like saying I'm going to take advantage of these loopholes to keep my app in the back open always in the background because I think that my app should be always open in the background. You're taking, you know, you're sucking up RAM from other processes. You're taking the battery life away from your customers. You know what I mean? Yeah. <clears throat> like I totally get that the end result is kind of neat. You know? <laughs> yeah, that, yeah, exactly. It's neat. It's not particularly helpful. Right. But as part of that discussion, they had mentioned that maybe the multitasking view would be more useful if it wasn't necessarily just a screenshot of your app's last state, mm-hmm. but if you could provide a custom view to be shown there. That's maybe sure. like stri- stripped down of the UI yeah and more focused on yeah that would be like, awesome yeah so it's more like a widget like like when it's in that mode now you kind of like switch to show this simplified view yeah i think or that's even a, even a controller like handed a whole view controller right like let's mm. you know go go with actual code here but it's a view controller that i guess you could instantiate you could probably instantiate it from outside the app from outside the app switcher as well you know it could just be a view controller but it just gets instantiated with uh, frame maybe you know or it just gets instantiated you can set it up like you would any other view controller so it can run logic it can do whatever it needs to do it can it can it can act like a part of your actual app but it should be able to run in isolation away from the rest of your apps uh, yeah. At least the the rest of your apps, like view hierarchy and view structure stuff, like it should be relatively self-contained in that sense. Mm-hmm. That'd be awesome. Yeah, like I'm thinking, like messages instead of seeing the like the wherever you last were in the app, instead show me like a high level overview of like my new messages. Yeah, absolutely. It's really big yeah. in that sort of smaller screenshot. Yeah, or like a timer if it is a timer app, for example. You know. The app switcher would just show like just a full screen countdown, like white, you know, white on white, white text on a black background, you know what I mean? Or black text on a white background, whatever, but just big freaking numbers counting down, mm-hmm. you know, don't show me the tiny, tiny, tiny UI that just happens to have numbers updating in it. You know what I mean? Show me the important information, you know? Right. Weather switches just show me the temperature and like if it's going to rain in the next 10 minutes, you know? Yeah. That would be awesome. And that seems like it's more manageable 
um, in terms of memory and stuff like that. You know what I mean? Mm-hmm. And battery life. Because <clears throat> you wouldn't have to even instantiate those. You know, they could hook into the exact same view controller delegate stuff. Your view controller lifecycle stuff. You know what I mean? So that, you know, it loads the view when you're like three, you know, maybe two or three uh, spots off, you know, and then right before the, your view pops on a screen, you can get the view will appear stuff. And then view did appear when it, when it's fully on screen, like you could take advantage of all those same conventions that we already have. Yeah. So you're saying only do it like if you were recently opened, like maybe not like if you're like 20 apps down in the stack. No, what I'm saying is that, is that you would use the same view loading mechanisms that it, that, that we were already used to with like a view hierarchy. You know what I mean? So I would just see this as being like a really long navigational structure, you know, so it doesn't get instantiated or the view doesn't get loaded until maybe it's, um, you know, three or four, you're three or four, uh, apps away from showing your app in the switcher. Oh, okay. You see what I, I'm saying? I, yeah, and so I then it, it, but it can load. It, it would act exactly like the rest of your navigational hierarchy. You know, view will appear would get called right before the view slides on screen. You know, gives you some time to do that kind of basic setup setting stuff. View did appear when it's fully on screen. You know, you yeah. can, view will disappear. View did disappear. You get all that stuff built in through the. And you would you could treat it the exact same way you would treat you would treat it if it's inside your own navigational structure, you know. So it's literally just a view controller. <laughs> I'm talking myself into this idea. This is a good idea. <laughs> <laughs> it's the the prospect of things like this make me excited for iOS eight. Yeah, the odd number iOS updates are always revolutionary, as they say, and then the even ones are evolutionary. What I'm worried about is that iOS 8 will just be fixing everything mm. in iOS 7, and we won't really get much in, in the way of new API. But I feel like that's what the 7.x series is going to be, don't you? Uh, yeah, but they're so slow forthcoming. I mean, typically by now in previous releases, we would have like the point update by now. Like we would have had 7.1. It's in beta. It's in beta, but yeah, those betas are very few and far between. Yeah. And according to Mac rumors, if you believe things like that, it probably won't be out until like March. Yeah. So maybe we won't even get like a 7.2. It'll be like 7.1. And then 8. And then just 8. Huh. Yeah, that'd be weird. It's kind of crazy that we're we're already six months from WWDC. <laughs> Don't say that. Time to start speculating. I've almost got my head wrapped around iOS 7. <laughs> Oh, hey, look, iOS Dev Weekly just appears. Sweet. <laughs> 3.25 million to parents whose kids made in-app purchases? No, 32.5 million. 32.5. What did I say? 3.25? Yeah. Whatever. Didn't this happen a few years ago? I don't know. They, they went through the same thing where there was some lawsuit about these like kids were able to buy things on in-app purchase and they were running up, you know, all these expenses, mm-hmm. and then Apple settled. So why are we doing this again? 
there is a setting to disable in-app purchases, isn't there? Yeah. In privacy? Yeah. Oh, interesting. Clang format Xcode plugin. Yeah, I heard that it's not. It needs some time in the oven. Hmm. I could be wrong. Okay, moving on. CodePilot was updated this week. And it went open source and supports iOS 7 now. We talked about that previously. We did? Yeah, uh, we were talking about our favorite tools of the year. And mm-hmm. I was mentioning using CodePilot to make sure that you're not um, using API that aren't available on older versions. That's not CodePilot. That's, uh, um, that's DeployMate. Uh, <laughs> that's DeployMate. <laughs> Oh yeah. <laughs> Wait, what's CodePilot? I don't know. That's why. That's why I was surprised. <laughs> mm. Uh, mm. Oh, it's an it's a switcher thing. It's um, it's like a fuzzy finder. Oh, like a replacement for Open Quickly? Yeah. I feel like I bought it at one point. I could be wrong, but yeah, I think it's a. Uh, uh, it's a plugin for Xcode 5 that allows you to quickly find files, methods, and symbols within your project without the need for your mouse. So it's it's open quickly. Um, I think the thing you're thinking of was that it updated the Xcode autocomplete to work like Xcode 5's open quickly. So you don't have to type in the characters in sequence. Like you can kind of jump between... No, that's a different Xcode plugin. Okay, I don't know anything. No, that's that's <laughs> that's the Fuzzy Finder Xcode plugin, which I'm still absolutely in love with. Um, that one's great. No, this is CodePilot is a Fuzzy Finder. It's a replacement for Open Quickly. I don't know enough about it to say why you would need to use it over Open Quickly, especially the new Open Quickly in Xcode five, which is kind of awesome. Um, but maybe it's be- uh, just a better Fuzzy Finder. I don't know. Should try it. I feel like I bought a license to this at one point years ago, but whatever. What else? You have anything else you want to complain about? Uh, no. We can call it a show. Sure. Okay. All right. Sounds good, Gordon. Cool. Good chatting with you. You too. <laughs> Pleasant morn. <laughs> show notes for this episode are going to be available at podcasts.thoughtbot.com slash build phase slash 23. As always, we want to hear from you, so email us at buildphase at thoughtbot.com, reach out on Twitter or app.net at buildphase, or leave a rating or review on iTunes as those help us out a lot. 